welcome to Wood Talk. Now here are three guys who came, saw, and saw it again. Until they ran out of wood. Mark, Shannon, and Matt. All right, it's episode number 517. And on today's show, we're talking about staying in our lanes, domino knockoffs, pots, and pan schmoo. That's a good one. That's going to, I can't wait to get to that. Mm. I'm hungry. <laughs> I could use some pot and pan schmoo right now. Oh God. Okay. But before we get to that, it is lunchtime. I want to let you know that Wood Talk is brought to you by Rockler. Rockler has been helping customers create with confidence for over 65 years. Rockler is giving away a new product every month to one lucky Wood Talk listener. This month, they're giving away the SL Router Lift, which is an affordable mid-sized router lift that features their patented snap lock insert ring system for easy bit changes. The prize is valued at $249.99. Enter for your chance to win before January 1st at rockler.com slash woodtalk. Ooh, it's a good, good one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you want to help support the show, you, you, you can do so. You can do so. You can, you can go to patreon.com slash woodtalk and you can sign up to become a patron of the show. When you sign up, I get to butcher your name. So here we go. Bill Collins. Okay, you start me off with an easy one. Yeah. Jonas Felicky. I think it's. I didn't zoom in the too many little close L's in there. Yeah. Felicky and then Tiffany Darling. We got, you know we got have a ways, sandwich one. Yeah. They have ways to increase the font size on the things <laughs> you're looking at on the screen. Uh, you, you always put mine so small. And then, the like, the, the discussion topic is like four font sizes bigger. Yeah, but you can just make, make your whole window bigger if you're having problems yeah. with your eyes, old man. Yeah, you know. Nah, yeah, I do. I do. Very <laughs> much so, yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, yes, let's get to what's on the dining table. This is the second show uh, in our recording little pair here. So we kind of go this, a little bit off topic. This is all about being hungry, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, normally we do like what's going on in our personal lives or something like that here. Uh, but we're going to change it around a little bit because, you know, what holiday meal as we're approaching the holidays, oh, no. is complete without oh, a really no. awkward family <laughs> discussion. And that's what this is going to be. Uh, so you guys ready for this? this? You're way too good at this. I know. I know. Thank you. Um, we had a question come in from Doug, and I think it's a legitimate question. We're going to do our best not to venture into territory that is the very thing Doug doesn't like, <laughs> you know, like actually giving our opinions about current political, social issues. But we're going to talk more about this broader issue that he brings up here. And I'm going to read Doug's question now. Uh, why do some incredibly talented woodworkers feel compelled to intersperse their political views and misinformation with their woodworking info? This will not be popular with Mark, but XYZ Woodworker, I'm keeping this person and their name out of this email. Um, for example, post insane info on COVID. Do those seeking woodworking info really want to see that nonsense, especially when it underscores a lack of education and generally not being well read? I have been trying to compartmentalize the amazing from the crazy, but it's difficult to do so. Would be interesting to hear a discussion on this topic. So I think the the reason I did want to bring this up is I, I do think it's an interesting topic when you're talking to three people who have a platform. Um, we've amassed people because of woodworking that kind of follow us or, you know, keep up with what we're talking about. And then when you hit them with something potentially socially or politically motivated, uh, it can be like a left hook that they're not expecting. Um, but we're all kind of in this position and have, you know, maybe different views on what's appropriate, what's not appropriate. Um, but it is a complicated thing uh, to try to dissect and decide if you're going to do something like that, when you're going to do it. Um, but I think the, the first thing I'm going to say with something like this 
is why do they feel compelled to intersperse their political views with their information about woodworking is mostly because they're human. Hmm. Um, you know, they, they have opinions, they have uh, things that they believe and they want maybe affirmation for that or support, or they want to find people who think the same way they do. I, f- I do feel like it's human instinct to want to do that. Right. So even if you happen to have a platform with thousands of followers, people go in that direction. Sometimes they choose to go in that direction sometimes And I don't know that I would fault them on that level simply because this is like human nature to want to do that. And I think that's probably what's happening with the person he's talking about is the the need to kind of uh, to vent or maybe, I don't know, maybe they just feel like it's the right thing to do. Right. But it certainly is their right to do that. I don't think anybody can argue with someone having the right to speak out about something that they, they happen to believe, whether it's nonsense made up true or not, unfortunately. So, I mean, I think we have all, especially in the last few years, all three of us have been put in tough positions to almost feel maybe compelled by certain audience members to say something about a thing. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, so I mean, when, when you read something like this and he's coming at it from the, uh, you know, the sense of like, don't do this. I I go to you for woodworking. That phrase that I love to hate, stay in your lane um, is the, the thing that comes to mind here. I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Well, I think that's at the heart of it is like when this, when this question first came up and I had actually texted you guys this, it's really no different than like a Hollywood celebrity who comes out in support of a candidate or, mm-hmm. you know, some some, something, some, some hot issue. Um, and, you know, immediately millions of people will hate that person. And then millions of people will love that person, um, mm-hmm. you know, cause you can never make everyone happy. This is just on a much smaller scale, but I do think, you know, somebody like a movie star, you know, people love them for the roles they've done. They kind of, they, they, they get a lot more focus on that person. Whereas is woodworkers, like the, the focus is always on the work, on the pieces that they've built or the, you know, the content they've created. So when you do step outside your lane, I think it becomes even more glaring because you weren't there for the person in the first place. Yeah. Like you, you didn't, you know, they, we weren't selling. I wasn't selling myself. I was selling my work. I do think that later on in one of the beauties of social media is that you can find that humanity, you know, and you can start to relate to someone and like them as a person. Um, so the minute uh, an opinion does come out, uh, it can be, I don't know, offensive or it can kind of shatter jarring. you, shake you a little bit, you know. But I, I, I do also think that that's kind of one of the nice things. Like if somebody has no opinion about anything, I tend to kind of disengage because it's like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, you're, you're too vanilla. Like I, I, I <laughs> want to feel that connection that I can at least agree with them on something. Um, so I know personally, there's been several times when, um, when I, when I talk about nurses and their lack of education, <laughs> just cause I have to bring that up again, you know, those <laughs> dumb nurses, <laughs> you know, but you, when you say something and then people immediately like jump all over you, like you have no idea what you're talking about. You're an ignorant fool and you should just stay in your lane. Um, and it, it, it's kind of like, okay, well, at least I asked a question, you know, or at least I, I brought something up. I've experienced this personally. I'm joking about the nurses thing. People relax. Um, <laughs> it's new to the show. <laughs> Please right. provide context. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there was a show where I questioned how people like do nurses. Like, is there a nursing degree? I didn't know. I honestly didn't know. Okay. 
<laughs> whatever. And I think I said something about doctors get a degree, do nurses, and, and a nurse got very offended by that. And it's never my intention. But regardless, um, certainly I have gone on a fitness journey lately and I've taken on triathlon with gusto and I've been posting and kind of interspersing that in. And, and I often will apologize for it. It's like, you know, I know you guys are here for woodworking, but hey, check out my new bike. And yeah. I've had a lot of people who have said, hey, no need to apologize. Like we've gotten to know you, like we're excited to hear about you. So that encouraged me to start posting more. Like here's this workout I did. Here's this bike ride I just did. And I've had a huge uh, like spike in followers based upon and likes based upon some of those non-woodworking posts. And it's like, okay, that's encouraging. But at the same time, I've had a huge number of like DMs on Instagram telling me that I'm a complete idiot and I should shut up and I have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and you idiot, how dare you ride a compact chain set? You know, any triathlon worth their merit rides a standard chain set. I'm like, oh my God. Like, but that's coming from the exercise side, right? This isn't like, right. this isn't a woodworker saying you're an idiot. Stop posting about this. I just want to follow woodworking, right? Well, well, I, I, I have had some of that. Like, you know, I wish you would keep your content, you know, essentially I wish you would stay in your lane. Um, and, and more often than not, when I hear that kind of comment, I immediately dismiss it. So I'm, I'm not thinking of those, but I've, I've had, you know, people who have followed me because of this are not following because they're just like a triathlete. They're all woodworkers too. Um, mm -hmm. you know, they've, they've seen that connection, that diversity, I guess you could say, where he's a woodworker, but he also does his other stuff. Um, the people who have been telling me that I really should stop talking about it. Um, are essentially not saying stay in your lane, but that's what they mean. Um, because they're, you know, and I look at their profile and I can see there's some woodworking stuff on there. They're and there's nurses. also some, yeah, it could be, could be. Great. But, you know, that's not nearly as egregious as me coming out in support of a political candidate or, you know, getting, you know, uh, talking, what are the, what are the things? Religion, politics. Religion and politics um, primarily. And yeah. then now any social issue or health issue uh, right. is also, uh, you know, sort of deemed as being political or sociopolitical. Well, just the fact that like in the very first edition of what's on the dining table, I brought up the fact that my wife had just gotten a COVID booster and we we're like, oh, we can't no, talk about hey, that. Don't talk and about I'm thinking vaccines. like, what's wrong with that? Like, <laughs> yeah, She's a teacher. Yeah. She got a COVID booster. So yeah, I, I do think it's, it's, I don't know. It's somewhat hypocritical for people to say, we like identifying with you. We'd like to know like, you know, let's know about Mark Spagnolo. He's more than just the wood whisperer. Yeah. But then the minute, you know, XYZ woodworker throws something else out, it's like, oh, well, now this person's an idiot. Just the, the way that Doug even phrased this, you know, intersperses their political views and misinformation. There's judgment in that use of the word misinformation. You may feel it's misinformation, but he feels that it's information. Like Mark said, he feels like he kind of does a service by bringing this up, you know? Well, I think especially the way things are going today where facts and fiction are so blurred at this point where, you know, what is truly factual information is suspect and people are being now trained to suspect every piece of information, especially when it comes from an official source, right? the very place we're supposed to be able to trust that information. So now you have people who are providing what sound like really well-reasoned arguments for things that are absolute nonsense. And I think that's where Doug's coming from here is the, the um, just the risk that's inherent in stuff like that, especially because like you're talking about a person who becomes an authority. They become a little bit of an authority on the topic that they are specializing in. But then when that same person goes and talks about something else where they are not an authority, it's difficult for the, I think the average person to maybe separate that. Yeah. Um, where, yeah, just because they happen to know woodworking 
really doesn't mean that they understand virology very well or, you know, like the way vaccines work. Yeah, um, this is this is not their area of specialty, but it, it can be confusing. And, and it, there is definitely a certain responsibility that we have when we have an audience to be careful about what we say and how we say it. But that doesn't change the fact that that person has every right to do it, even if it's spreading misinformation that we disagree with. They still have the right to do that. So you're saying when you and Matt start talking about raising kids and being parents, I should chime in with, you know, stupid kids and lots of completely uninformed. (laughs) That's what, that's what I did before I had kids. (laughs) Right. Oh boy. (laughs) It didn't stop me. I'll be sure to voice plenty of opinions on how you guys should be raising your kids. Please do. Oh yeah. Plan on that next what's on the dining table. I was just going to say, Matt, I feel the same way. I need all the help I can get. (laughs) Um, So Matt, what do you think about this? I don't know, man. This is it's, it's tricky. It's it's tricky, but it, the the thing is, it's like you hit the rumor like you're following a person. I think it's like it's, everyone's like their own personal brand now. But some people may be better at branding than others. Yeah. Or somebody. So I guess let me rephrase that. Some some people might be more strategic about how they brand themselves, yeah, what they let people see. Right. But at the end of the day, you're still following a person, not so much like a a company or business. I think it's what yeah gets a little more exciting with social media now is it's so much more personal and guess what people have opinions and people have thoughts of things mm-hmm. and that's just natural, I guess. Well, go, well, what do you, you guys can think even about go like, one step further. I know a, um, a cyclist that lost her couple sponsors, not because of something she said, but because of someone else's post she liked. Oh, good golly. And she had a like a major sponsor dumper um, because of this, and it was it was like holy yeah. crap! Like, and, and I remember at the time thinking like, what did she do wrong? And I like I quickly like went and scrolled through her feed, and I didn't see a thing. I think oh they must have deleted it, and then I like Googled it, and I was like no, it's because she liked uh, I, I I think it was a Trump thing. It wasn't somebody. It wasn't from Trump, but it was like it was during the Capitol riot type thing, and I think mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, she yeah. liked somebody's post that could be appeared to be like in support of the riot. It's like, wow. Okay. <laughs> That's not, That's hardcore. Yeah. So well, one of like on the flip side of this, one of the things that drives me nuts about this is the, the fact that some people believe, and I'm not even talking about the people with the big accounts and the platforms I'm talking about the general public feels that when you have an audience, you have the responsibility to voice your opinion on something oh. in, in support of a cause or against mm. a particular cause. Um, and they, and I know all three of us have experienced this, especially in the last couple of years is the comment of like, your silence is deafening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And nothing will make me swear faster than when someone says something <laughs> like that to me, because I think at the same time, while I believe it is absolutely someone's right to, uh, to interject this sort of stuff into a off topic, you know, make it an off topic thing. If they're a woodworker, um, while it's definitely their right to do it, I also think people should have the right to not bring that into what they've created. Um, I firmly believe there should be places that people can go purely for information and entertainment and not have to experience those things. Now, it's up to each individual what they want to do, but I believe all three of us and anyone making content who has a social media account has the right to abstain from getting involved And in whether you think they're a bad person because they're you know, not following through with their responsibility, their social responsibility to say something about it. I still think we should also have the right to just shut the heck up and just talk about woodworking. I think that's okay. 
And I really resent when, when that pressure is applied to say something about a topic that you were not previously compelled to say something about. Drives me crazy. Yep. This is complicated guys. I mean, this is not uh, we don't want to get too deep into the weeds here. Um, but I feel, I, I don't know. I thought it was okay to, uh, to address Doug's question. I think the best thing you can do if this bothers you, look, I know who he's talking about. Guess who I unfollowed months ago. Yeah. Because I don't necessarily want to read stuff that I think is BS and doesn't make any sense to me. I don't care to read it. I don't want to see it. I unfollowed them too. It's okay to unfollow them. And if, if that means you won't get to see their work, so be it. End of the story. I'll just um, check but, back in every so often. Check out yeah. their work. Yeah, and if they're still a, crazy, then yeah. uh, don't, uh, <laughs> don't, check in. don't follow them again. It's fine. Um, but I think that's the thing. You, 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 The way you voice your opinion and have your voice heard, maybe heard, probably just ignored, but still, the best thing you could do is just unfollow. And and that's that's about all, all that you, you, you know, don't have the power to follow you everyone have. forever. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, you, yeah, you, I mean, you don't have to announce your departure either. Please that's stop. True too. Please stop announcing your departure. <laughs> that's always fun. Right. I am leaving. <laughs> okay. This is earned cool. unsubscribe. <laughs> this earned unsub. Okay. Yeah. Thanks All for telling right, Whatever. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Okay. Touchy subject. Um, but there it is. Um, let's get into some announcements here. Shannon, still having a sale, huh? Mark, Guild's still having a sale too, aren't they? Yeah, they are. I mean, we are. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what, if, if your guild members come to handschoolschool.net, they'll save 30% off and so Thank will you. anyone else. And if Handschool School <laughs> members want to go to the woodwhisperguild.com, woodwhisperguild.com, not the woodwhisperguild, right? They both Actually, work. Actually, both work. Both. Yeah. It all goes there. I Where cover my goes? bases. Yeah. Yeah, you do. Oh, yeah. It's a crazy, crazy <laughs> 30% off sale on both sites. Go there. Yeah. Be, join the cool kids. That's it. Good sales, 30% off. That's a big savings. Hey, do you guys know who doesn't post anything political? No one. <laughs> no one? Rockler. <laughs> I don't know about that. Maybe they have. I don't know. Yeah. I don't follow it that closely. Well, Rockler is your go-to source for last-minute gifts for yourself or for other woodworkers in your life. Hold on, I need a drink. Is it a Rockler While he's drink? drinking, I have a last-minute gift from Rockler I'm working on right now. Oh, I'm, making, I'm making cribbage boards for using a Rockler little template thing with like the oh, look at you the drill bit yeah I thought it was I, a last minute gift that Rockler gave you no <laughs> thanks Rockler no I, I I had to pay for it thanks Rockler thank you for the cribbage board <laughs> yeah well Rockler has introduced more than 200 new products this year so you're sure to find something innovative to add to your list Check out their new silicone glue roller for large glue-ups or their new deluxe panel clamps for gluing up panels or cutting boards. And if you're not sure exactly what you want to get, you can never go wrong with a Rockler gift card. Find the Rockler gift-giving guide plus great holiday deals on the rockler.com homepage or at a Rockler store near you. Um, this glue roller, yes, please. Because yeah. Yes, please. I've been using the standard like glue um, rollers that we've all used thanks to David Marks, the ink brayer. Mm -hmm. Thing. Yeah. And that thing does not let go of glue. So if you oh. let it dry, let go, let go. It's a damn nightmare. Um, so something made of silicone that actually would allow you to peel the glue off. Give me some of that. Please. Anyway, go check Please. it out. It's all at rockler.com. Okay. okay. We have some questions. From Hold on a second. Adam Trelawney. Dylan. Dylan says. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Trelawney Hogwarts. is his name. Trelawney. Okay. Whatever. Anyway, um, I enjoy cooking, and one of my go-to utensils is a basic wooden spatula that I bought from some retail store, Target, Bed Bath & Beyond, something. Uh, I keep it well lubed with mineral oil, and every now and then, um, as you as you may know, these are nice because they don't scratch the pots and pans when scraping the schmoo. Hey, that's where the schmoo scraping comes in. Good call in the beginning. <clears throat> you scrape that schmoo off the bottom during cooking, and I just got a few more from Home Goods made of olive wood. I was curious if you use wooden utensils in your cooking and your thoughts on the quality of those found in the big retail stores versus more artisanal, expensive ones. And a bonus question, what's the best dish you've made? He says, I've uh, recently binged the show while driving six hours round trip by myself to pick up a bandsaw. I made the trip, uh, it made the trip really enjoyable. And here's, uh, I could have pretended this. It's a comment about Matt. But like, Me? Well, just to be fair, you know, last time we had a comment about Shannon, I made it sound like he made that up. So Matt, why don't you read this as if you made it up? My son loves your big noisy trucks and saws. He points and grunts like the engine every time. <laughs> That's, awesome. That's what Matt does too. So That's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just a large child. That's all I am. Yeah. <laughs> mm, very good. Okay. So uh, I've got a lot of wooden utensils, uh, both purchased and, and made. And... Um, it's kind of weird. There's a few of the smaller, like lower profile, cheap ones with a very thin handle that I have had for ages. They are definitely store bought. I don't even know what they're made out of, but for whatever reason, I seem to go to those more often, even though I've got like fancier artisanal style uh, versions that I like to use. There is something about the ones that I have had forever. They're probably so gross and filled with bacteria, but I do sand them down and, you know, apply some finish periodically. Um, to kind of keep them a little bit uh, to seal water that bacteria tight. in. Yeah, seal that stuff in until the <laughs> heat hits it and lets it leach out into my soup. Uh, but there is something for whatever reason that I like about those that I haven't been able to like. Rising? Uh, it's extra yeast. Be good. <laughs> yeah, extra yeast. But I haven't really been able to replicate the feeling that I get from those. So I still like the commercially available ones. They're perfectly fine. Uh, but there are some really, I mean, if you're looking at like, you got that jar on a countertop next to the stove with all the spoons sticking out of it. It's nice to have the really nice looking ones that, that show there because the other ones are kind of ugly. Um, yeah. So I got a good combination of both of them, um, but they all work great. So um, to answer your question about what's the best dish you've made, I'm going to go outside on that one. It's got to be something barbecue. Um, I mean, I could cook pretty well inside, but if you, if you want my best work, it's going to have to come from a smoker. Yeah. Unless you're distracted. Unless I'm distracted, in which case you, you burn the salmon. Right. <laughs> Make some uh, salmon jerky. Uh, I recently made a Dijon Polish sausage Brussels sprout bake. That was really good. That sounds good. I can't claim it was just a recipe I found online, but yeah, the whole thing was put into like a, into like a crock and put in the oven. It's nice. Very flavorful. What about, what about you, Matt? I know you broke the the big green egg, which I'm kind of disappointed you haven't replaced (laughs) yet, but whatever. Oh, you know, I'll replace it with a real one. Yeah. Well, Christmas is coming. Hear that, Lindsay? Big green egg. She's like, I hated it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Thing was ugly and in the way. So was this like a leg lamp situation? Was it Lindsay that broke it? <laughs> yes, actually, well, yeah. She was supposed to be holding Matt it. Matt comes yeah. in. You used up all the glue on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Christmas show. This is a perfect time. <laughs> it's great. You're very good at this tying things in thing. Yeah. Not a finger. 
Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. What were you saying? I don't know. I, I don't think, think you were getting time. a big green egg. <laughs> no. Okay. So what, uh, what dish have you cooked lately? I made spaghetti yesterday. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> okay. It's, 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 I mean, it's it was a dish that I, I cooked recently. I don't know. <laughs> you're, you're kind of a breakfast guy though, right? Like if you're going to cook something. And on the weekends are like, I have time. Okay. Because otherwise, like, I got things to do. I got work. Yeah. You're busy. I got kids to take to school. You guys a DoorDash family or is uh, Lindsay picking up the slack? Oh, she's pretty good about that. That's good. She, you know, she likes to cook stuff. I like DoorDash. I don't think we've ever done DoorDash. Maybe we did it <sighs> once. It's a game changer, man. It once took you, like once three you... hours to get here or something like that. Oh, yeah. I guess depending on where you live, it may not be that useful. Okay, understood. Never mind. Nobody cares. Okay, Let's move on. Put on. <laughs> so anyway, this is a very tangential show. show. <laughs> so far, we haven't Real talked about show. woodworking at all, and we're like, what, half an hour into the nope. show? So yeah. yeah. So let's do that. Scott says, why has no other company made a version of the domino? I'm sure Festool has, its, has the market's balls locked in an excessively expensive bench vice. But with all the innovation these days, I would think that someone would come up with a less expensive solution. I've seen the videos on YouTube making homemade jigs with routers and whatnot, and Rockler's beadlock looks like looks cool, but the domino is in a special class. So is there a reason? Yeah, you said it at the beginning. They've got the market's balls locked in an excessively expensive vice. Go back 10 years, and Festool had this wonderful revolutionary thing called the Festool Track Saw. <laughs> and once the uh, whatever, the, the license, the intellectual property, whatever they call that expired, suddenly Grizzly had a track saw and Makita had a track saw and DeWalt had a track saw. And now everybody has a track saw. I don't think they call them track saws because isn't that even like Festool's? No, I don't think they taught. They I don't think they copyrighted that. But yeah, no, I think they were able to call it a track saw. Yeah. But I can remember at the time, like. Everyone was so excited because the, the Festool track saw was like super, super expensive. I mean, that was kind of that put Festool on the North American radar, if you will. You know, and then suddenly Grizzly had like a $200 version of it. Makita came out with a $200 version. So I think it's just a matter of time. What I find is funny is Scott says that um, in response to the, the monopoly Domino has, he brings up Beadlock. And Beadlock's been around, what, 20 years longer than the Domino? <laughs> So yeah, yeah, right. Maybe maybe the 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 beadlock people now Rockler need to be talking to the, the festival people. How dare you? I mean, biscuit joiners have been around since Norm, well before Norm. So yeah, I I honestly think that's what it comes down to is they probably still have the IP rights on that, so no one can. Yeah, touch I would it. say once they once they are capable and allowed to make a competitor, they will. Yeah, yeah. and every color so think- of the rainbow. Because I think what would you say the closest analog is, and I don't think it's a very good one, is that Triton Dowler thing. Yes, Matt, you probably know something about that. That would probably be pretty close to the best analog, I guess. Yeah, but it's still not the same thing (laughs) at all. No, no. Well, and kudos kudos to Festival. I think they probably learned from the Traxall thing because now they have like a branded name. You know, it's not a biscuit joiner; it's a domino joiner, and the domino itself is a brand. So when these things come out, what are they going to call them? They're not going to call them domino joiners because I guarantee you that name is not going to, you know, the IP on that's not going to expire. So that may be some of it as well. Like the actual well, that, that's biscuit one of those things, that's being joined. That's one of those things that can like work against them, right? Where companies don't want that sort of generic 
thing where everyone, no matter who made it, is going to call these things dominoes, even yeah. though it's not a festival branded thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, that's one of those things that companies do not like uh, when it happens. But, well, and this is also like, I think for the last 10 years, I've heard it's like, oh, next year is when the patent is up on the domino. And somehow there's extensions made all the time. Right. <laughs> so that like it never seems to happen. I think theirs expires next year. Is that? I don't know. Something like that. But they'll have some kind of patent extension and uh, and then we'll have another five years. So you change the tech a little bit and then you get a new patent for it. Yeah. Yeah. It there would be go. nice. I think actually if you look at Domino and SawStop, it would be nice if those were two things that would open up. I think that just in terms of like benefiting the people, not the companies necessarily, but benefiting the people to have some variety with two very popular things like that, that have almost become household names. Now it would be nice to see that love. I spread think it would be interesting bit. if yeah. you start seeing other domino ish things being made like the, like a cheaper version of the domino. I feel like the, the amount of machining and precision that goes in that machine, like a cheaper version would just feel inferior. So I don't know if like, if someone else was making that product, if they would be, they would even opt to make a cheaper one. You think the Traxol situation is the same or you think the Traxol is just a little bit more because it's already kind of proven tech. Everybody's got a circular saw. All you need to do is make right. it plunge the and price, make it go in a price track. points on Traxols aren't that, are they that drastically different? Um, like how much cheaper no, is they, like a, But they used to be though. I don't know where they're at now. I mean, yeah. I don't know. I mean, and I think there's other, there's other parts there. I mean, you can make the track cheaper. You can make the casing cheaper. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I, I have no idea what I'm talking about. I'm just going to shut up. But I mean, the track says though, there isn't as much like stuff like on the domino. Oh. When you put that, you, you pull the little fence thing off and it makes that pop sound. You know, yeah. that's some, that's some sexy high tech, high precision machine pieces right there. Right. Just to get those to go and get the thing sliding in and out so smoothly. So I don't, I don't know. And I, people still I, can't get their crap to line up. Yeah. So I don't know. There you go. Right? It's still behind the user. So they yeah. won't matter. I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm sure some will come up with a cheap one, but I don't know if it's going to be good. You know, yeah. there's like cheap alternatives that are just as good, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't see that one going so yeah, well. You got to do it right. To I, make see, it work. Otherwise, I see companies releasing these competitive products at roughly the same price point. I don't think it's going to be like right. a race at the bottom. Like people it, expect. Yeah, It just might be some variety in branding, but not necessarily yeah. saving you a bunch of money. It's because of people like pet, Mark who have, have matching colors on all their tools. You know, and I do love they've, matchy matchy. The, they've proven the market that people will pay that much money for that product anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So the competing product comes out, they're like, well, people are already spending whatever they are, not 200 bucks on that tool. Is that what it is? To, to what? Is it 1200 for, for the domino now? <laughs> if it's not, it's getting close. Right, so, that's, uh, so if another manufacturer company sees, oh, they're already spending 1200 for this. Even if I want to get them on cost a little bit, let's say a thousand. It's still $1,000. It looks like it's about 1100 for the uh, 500 Yes, yeah, so I, don't, I don't think you're going to come up and be like, oh, there's a new, fest, there's a new domino that's 200 bucks. Like, I don't, I don't see that. If there's like a new domino product, it's gonna, I think it's going to be somewhere between like 800 and 1000 Well, and even then, that's like if they get to 800 there's the difference, you know, that you saw with the track saws. Like, yeah. and it doesn't have to be that much cheaper, but a couple hundred bucks is that, you know, a lot of people would... That's the difference between justifying it and not justifying it for a lot of people. So that I don't could know. Be it was eight hundred bucks. It used to be hundred bucks, and it was still the same argument. So I don't. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Well, every year 
prices are going up yeah. with festival stuff. So interesting. Well, I would like to see it. I think overall for the marketplace, I think it would be good to see it. And if festival continues to be the best, but costs a little bit more then it is what it is. All right. So we were going to talk a little bit about something holiday related. Do you guys want to do that? Like, I do I think know, predictions a, for next a, year. There's a potential show title at the end of Scott's thing where he says, uh, there's always copyrights, but a quick and easy oblong hole into wood. Yeah. Quick and easy. I.e. <laughs> copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out there's oblong, oblong holes in wood is what they copyrighted. Yeah. Here's a show. Um, you guys make oblong holes into wood. There you go. Anyway. Um, so yeah, holidays are here. This is probably our last show for 2021. And, you know, sometimes it's it's fun to make little predictions for the next year, stuff that's either going to happen in the woodworking world or even maybe a personal prediction. You guys have anything in mind for that? Can you predict something that, that may happen? Predict something. <laughs> Let's predict something <laughs> that may happen in 2022, uh, uh, like a copyright expiring or a patent expiring. Probably ooh. not. Ooh. I actually think it may be time, not time. That sounds like I'm excited about it. I think it we're getting, if not next year, very, very soon, a lot of like our heroes are going to disappear from the spotlight entirely. Like I'm just, and that sounds awful, but unfortunately we've had, we've had a few like woodworking luminaries pass away. I was going to say, are we talking about dying or just voluntarily? (laughs) I'm done with this crap. I, I do think that the last that's a pretty dark like, prediction I mean. like <laughs> retiring but then you know it, it, it's funny because woodworking is like something so many people want to take up when they retire but so many like our heroes who really they didn't start as content creators because that didn't exist when they started they started as professional furniture makers and maybe they've gotten into content or they've opened a school to supplement the the making of furniture so when they retire they're literally going to hang it up you know, they're going to maybe keep a wood shop and build some things for their own, but they're just going to disappear um, completely out of the public eye because a, I mean, I even feel this now, like TikTok, I'm still not on TikTok and I kind of have my fingers in my ears humming a tune because it's just like, I just, I'm too old for this. Like I can't mm-hmm. keep up with this crap. And I just, I've had several conversations with like customers of mine um, at, at McIlvain who are like, it's just, uh, I'm getting too old to even try to pivot anymore. So a couple of years, <laughs> I'm just going to retire and just fade into the background. I I feel like we're getting really close to some of the the people that, you know, Norm's already retired. Norm has completely disappeared into, into retirement. I don't, I don't think, I think COVID put the nail in his public appearance coffin. Um, but I see that a lot of that happening with thinking of like, like, fine woodworking type people that show up and yeah. grace the pages of fine woodworking for 25 years, 30 years. Um, I don't know. It's coming real close for that to, to happen. The only reason I say I that that freaks me out is that leaves like us. Like, that's well, the next actually, generation. That's, that's exactly where I was going to go with this because, because that, that group of people me. in particular is very selective about who did even like, you know, get with the times if you will. Um, people who made that transition, some of them did, some didn't, some mm-hmm. have schools and they just teach at schools. Uh, some have kind of just backed off altogether. The The real interesting thing to watch is when generation one of online content creators, when they decide to exit yeah. the stage and, right. and decide, and I think, you know, we can include at least two of us in that. Matt, I'm going to call you generation two. Oh, all right. Is that okay? Yeah, I'm is younger. that fair? Uh, I wouldn't be lumped in with you. 
<laughs> you do really don't, man. <laughs> There's nothing good happening over here. Oh, I know. But I, I like I'm not ready to call that for 2022 just yet. But I would say probably within the next decade, the next 10 years, you're going to see people who came along in a 2006 to 2008 time frame uh, yeah. deciding they've had enough. And a lot of them already have just right. moved to other things. But yeah. like um, uh, you guys uh, know Laney Shaughnessy. Um, uh-huh. I do. I, know like, I, I used to follow him. He was he was pretty early on. Yeah, would, you would call him Gen one, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah. yeah he was. Early. Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's just coming back to it now. Uh, so, so it is interesting to see how this all transpires. And like I said, I'm not ready to say it's 2022, but clearly within the next 10 years, we're probably going to see people exiting and and, uh, deciding TikTok is too much. I can't keep up with it or I don't want to keep up with it. And that progression from professional (laughs) furniture maker to owner of a school and, you know, people have just continued to get older and then COVID shut down the brick and mortar schools. You know, mm-hmm. so now they're slowly opening again, but even that's kind of a trickle. And I, it, I just know if I were in that situation, it'd be like, all right, social security, here I come. <laughs> it's like, yeah, here you know, is, is it worth the additional precautions, additional steps, you know, cause it's very valid if you're going to have a brick and mortar school to do this. Uh, I don't know. I, I can just, and, and I'm drawing this from, from a day job, like the number of sawmills who are just like, that's it. Closing out the calendar year. <laughs> we're done. Like, we're done. It's it. We're over. Um, and contractors saying the same thing. The woodworking schools were already sort of a high overhead, low profit kind yeah. of business that yeah. some of them had a lot of trouble in the first place. Um, so surviving COVID, like, my gosh, the fact that any of them survived is amazing. It's the whole thing makes me panic a little because it's like, I enjoy like brick and mortar classes. I don't get a chance to take them very often, you know, yeah. but it's like, there are people out there whose school I want to go to. And it's like, no, don't close. <laughs> Please don't. I haven't got a that. chance to take a class yet. Right. So yeah, sorry. So Matt, it's a bit of a downer prediction. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. Very, very dark. No one near it. Happy holidays, yours. everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Is this going to be the year people stop using epoxy, Matt? Hell no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. I'm waiting for it. It's 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 about to ramp up even more now. Yeah. Probably. (laughs) It may. You never know. I don't think this. It's not the end of that yet. Okay. Here, I'm going to give you something to talk about, Matt. Ready? Oh. TikTok. Good for woodworking or not? Discuss. Very good. You think so? Yeah. Very short form. To the point. Uh, A lot of interaction and engagement. Uh audience more audience driven content creation yeah i think it's yeah it's it's something huh the only, the only downside is it's like another thing that we would have to keep up with and i yeah. I have not been very good at keeping up with it right yeah it's just yet another place to post another type of content to yeah well some some of the content's easy well how long will it remain not? like engaging how long until an algorithm starts to mess with it I don't know. The algorithm right now is pretty darn good at figuring out who you are and what you're into. Oh yeah. Instagram used to be that way too. (laughs) But I also think it's like, well, I was going to say it's what Shannon's referring to is how Instagram was the sort of the darling of craft creators. This was the place to be. And then Facebook, Facebooked it up and now it's not. (laughs) And also what's making it terrible is they're making it more like TikTok. (laughs) So yeah, like with with that though, I mean, sure. I'm sure something else will come along and we'll be in the same position. And then TikTok will have to make business decisions that make it less 
you know, friendly to the people on the platform and the cycle just repeats itself. Yes. All right. Okay. Great discussion. This was, this is what happens when there was like kind of a small idea of what we might do, but we never really (laughs) actually discussed it or laid it out clearly. So this is what you get. (laughs) Sorry about that. It's a good end of the year (laughs) thing. Well, and, and if I can, if I can defend myself, I already have a, uh, a lumber, lumber update, uh, prediction for the lumber industry. <laughs> that's that's oh, yeah. going to, that's going to debut in, uh, a couple of weeks. So I have lots Ooh. to say on that, but I'm not Stay talking tuned for that now. <laughs> yeah. All right. Good, Good stuff. Luck, All right. Industry. Well, let's just say, you know, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, all that good stuff. Uh, we will be back in January. It's like such a downer of a show. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. Yeah, there's no Christmas music playing in the back- background of this one. No. Ugh, dark. <laughs> dark maybe, and dingy maybe show. Maybe that, that song by the Kinks, Father Christmas, Kids Came and Beat Him Up, that song. <laughs> yeah. That song will play in the background. There you go. All right. Well, I guess that does it for us and does it for this uh, this sponsored year from our friends at Rockler. Another great year working with a great company. Thank you. Um, yeah. So you can't we can't let you forget that we are proudly sponsored by Rockler. <laughs> Family owned since 1954. Rockler is your go to source for high quality and innovative woodworking tools, finishing supplies, hardware, lumber and expert advice. Whether you're building a simple bookshelf, a custom desk or new kitchen cabinets, Rockler is everything you need to make your next project a success. Visit rockler.com for a store near you or use the code WOODTALK, that's just one word, online to receive free shipping on most orders over $39. And remember to head to rockler.com slash WOODTALK to enter for your chance to win that sweet, sweet router lift. Sweet. Sweet router All right, folks, send us some questions, because if you don't send us questions, we do shows like this. And, you know, (laughs) I bring everybody down, ruin their holiday spirit and talk about either woodworkers dying or retiring. So, yeah, apparently. Thanks for that shit. Yeah, I I wasn't hugged enough as a child, apparently, or something along that line. So, yeah, send us your questions, upbeat questions and some more of your dumb questions, because we love those dumb questions. So, you know, email them to us at woodtalkshow at gmail.com or fill out the form at woodtalkshow.com. And yeah, thank you. And Merry New Year and all that stuff. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. We will catch you next year. Goodbye. Happy holidays. I miss you so much.